Hello, and welcome to another episode of One Star Bazaar. This week we are breaking our rules just a bit and taking a look at Cook-Off. Normally we try to stay away from smaller releases and mainly focus on actual theatrical big-budget movies. But this movie has so many big names, we felt it was worth an exception to the rule. It's kind of an indie feel. Yeah, then. definitely. Mm -hmm. This comedy was inspired by the writer and co-director's real-life experience in cooking competitions and stars a cast with serious comedy chops, including an Oscar nominee and cast members from Reno 911. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm with it so far. Excellent. So it was directed by... This movie is called Cook-Off. It was directed by Guy Shalem and Catherine Michonne. She's the one who also wrote it and competed in these types of things. Also written by Wendy McClendon-Covey and W. Bruce Cameron. Wendy McClendon-Covey, that's Weigel? No, that's uh, Clementine. Cle okay. From, from the Reno 911. Reno 911. Right. So the film itself was actually finished and ready to go in 2007, but it wasn't actually released in theaters until November of 2017. Especially some of those people are probably more famous now than they yeah. were when they originally filmed I mean, it. the same kind of thing happened with Cabin in the Woods. Like, right. it wasn't released at all, but then, oh, hey, Chris Hemsworth is famous. Let's <laughs> release this movie now. And that movie turned out to be amazing. Yeah. So, it stars a lot of people, but Catherine Michonne, Wendy McClendon Covey, Melissa McCarthy, her husband Ben Falcone, Gary Anthony Williams, Niecy Nash... Diedrich Bader, Stephen Root, and Sam Pancake, which is one of the greatest names I've ever heard. That's his real name. That, apparently. Well, or at least, or at least his credit that. is named. Yeah. I love it. Here's a synopsis of the film. Reality show shenanigans mix with the fiery and fierce world of competitive baking in the deliciously sly mockumentary cook-off. As a buffet of quirky contestants prepare for the renowned Van Ruckel farms cooking contest the heat is on to win a one million dollar prize the filmmakers follow them as the foodie media and celebrity judges descend on a hotel convention area to see which contestants rise which ones fall who will reveal their true nature and who will find love with the contest's costumed muffin man mascot this movie has a 14 percent on rotten tomatoes but does not have enough reviews to receive a score on Metacritic. 46% of Google users liked it, which is very low even for the <laughs> movies we review. As we've said before, bad movies tend to be still self-selecting as far as their fan base, and so generally if you like movies of a certain genre and those movies tend to be not that great, you'll still probably like it, and so that happens with most of the audience and generally that's yeah. why there's such a big swing between critics giving it low scores and audiences giving it moderate to higher scores. Yeah, so some of the movies we've done, like, the audience or the Google review score will be, like, 90. 80, yeah. 90, like, pretty high. And then critics are like, this is the worst thing ever made. So. <laughs> Can I just say? Yes. I am, I do like mockumentaries. Yeah, I mean, obviously like, the, the best example of that is Best in Show, which... People love... Well, all of those Christopher Guests. Spinal Tap. Yes. Fabulous. Mighty Wind might be my favorite one. Mighty Wind is good. And then there was another one that's like For Your Consideration. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I think that's 
one of the more recent ones. Yeah. By recent, it was probably like eight years ago or whatever. But it was I, a while ago. I never <laughs> saw it. So here are what some critics did have to say about Cook-Off. Michael Reichstoffen of the Los Angeles Times said, Wafting into theaters after sitting on the back burner for the last decade, Cook-Off is a shrill, gloppy mess of a mockumentary being served up well past its best before date. If there ever actually were one. Harsh. Ben Kenigsberg of the New York Times said, The movie tries to do for amateur cooking contests what Best in Show did for dog competitions, but the strained folksiness and tired stereotypes couldn't be further from the snap and wit of prime Christopher Guest. Then John DeFore of The Hollywood Reporter said, Cook-Off piles some better-than-its-comedians into a culinary competition whose dishes look as unpalatable as the film itself. So... I couldn't even find a critic who had anything nice to say about this movie, but we we try to stick to Rotten Tomatoes' top critics and not go into just the, oh, this person has, like, a blog and right. said it was okay. So. <laughs> this movie is streaming on Amazon Prime? Yes, streaming on Amazon Prime, and we'll come back with our review. Cook-off. Let's go ahead and start with the acting. So, this movie is an improv movie, right? Kind of? To some degree? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think they, like, the script may have been, you know, they wrote out More the like main an beats outline. and then kind of they just come up with funny stuff for the actual dialogue. Probably. So, in that respect, the acting is fine. I mean, I say that a lot, right? The acting's <laughs> fine. Well, the problem is a lot of these bad movies that we watch... Sometimes it's very obvious that the acting was the problem, mm -hmm. but most of the time I feel like these are professional people, they know what they're doing, maybe they're not an amazing actors, but in the case of this movie, speaking of the acting, mm -hmm. the whole cast of this movie, with, with the exception of probably the two or three kind of more famous people... Like, anybody who watches this movie is going to just sit there the whole time going, oh, that guy looks familiar. Oh, she looks familiar. Oh, yeah, that's the one. It's a lot of a, that person from that thing. Like yeah, the, exactly. What do you call them? Um, there's, like, a name for it. That one guy? No, there's, like, a name for it when they're, like, um, character actors. Yes. Like, they're always... There are a lot of character actors. A lot um, of supporting actors. Yeah. People you've seen on just as a, as a one-off character on a random episode of sitcoms, um, you know, random movies. A lot of people from both Reno 911 as well as Mad TV. Um, so really, I think a lot of these people are, they all kind of knew each other because they were all in, like, the Groundlings together, stuff like co those comedy troops. Yeah. So it's kind of similar in that way to when we watched Movie 43 a few weeks ago where that was like, hey, I bet a lot of these people kind of worked together when they got their start and then now they're kind of coming together and wanting to do something. This is a much better <laughs> product than that movie was. But as far as, you know, their work in it, it's fine. It's a lot of people, right? Yeah. It's an ensemble movie. So one thing to point out, though, when it comes to the actors, not necessarily the acting, I read, because this movie has some really low points, to be honest. I got really bored, and one of my... One of the ways I gauge how bored I get is, like, 
how hard is it to resist the temptation to just like reach for my tablet and start, you know, like reading on the internet instead of having to, (laughs) yeah, instead of having to watch this. So there was an interview done with Wendy McClendon Covey. Okay. Right. So she is one of the main sisters, um, in this film and she was Clementine from Marino 911 and now she's on the Goldbergs. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's like the mom on that show. Yeah. So she is, I mean, she's noticeable, you know, she has work in Hollywood. Like she's not a nobody. Yeah. So she was basically interviewed when they were like, Hey, this movie was made 10 years ago. You guys took it to a film festival 10 years ago. She apparently won kind of a, I don't want to say an award, but she got some sort of recognition she was one of the writers, yes. too. And then it got shelled for 10 years. And I don't know, like, it's all kind of legal problems. I think they said something like, um, in one of the interviews I read, like, the production company had to file bankruptcy, and it got tied down, and they didn't know what to do with, you know, and it, and that's part of why it took so long. Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly enough, when they first filmed it, Melissa McCarthy was... A notable actor. She was mm-hmm. on Gilmore Girls prior right. to this. So mm-hmm. she wasn't a nobody. But she's way more famous now. Yeah. So they decided we're going to give her like, you know, hey, it's a, this is a Melissa McCarthy movie to try to, you know, generate more buzz than it I deserves. I was curious why they said that because she's really not in it for that long. For like five to ten minutes, right? Yeah. And what was weird, what she said in the interview is, so if it seems weird that the scenes that Melissa McCarthy is in, she seems to just be saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It's, I think it might be because they literally took like multiple takes. Oh. And tried to make it, they re-edited those scenes to make it seem like her role was bigger than it actually was. She really was just supposed to be like a cameo, you know, oh, this character, okay, yeah, she's done, she's disqualified, bye. And then they tried to stretch it out more. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And it's kind of jarring, though, if you realize that that's... Because it, it is weird where you're like, she just keeps saying this to you. And she's like, oh, it's not it's not baking. What's going on? Oh, it's, I don't understand. It's not baking. You know, oh, it's not... Well, okay, stop. I, we get it. <laughs> and then she's just gone. Like, then they're like, yeah, you're disqualified. Get out. And then we don't see her ever again for the rest of the movie. So, yeah, she's really not a major character... But they tried to retweak it, and it's just... And apparently that actually... Some changes like that upset Miss McQuendon Covey. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Take my name off. Like, whatever. You guys ruined this. And so, I wonder how much re-editing of stuff they did. So, the Wikipedia page kind of touched on that. It said that Lionsgate, who eventually wound up distributing the movie... Right cut out 20 minutes mm-hmm. and edited in 22 minutes. more minutes. So, so in an hour and a half movie, that makes a big difference. That literally means they took like a, a third quarter of the, of the movie, movie yeah. and put in a different quarter of the movie. Yeah. I mean, that adds up to a totally different movie, possibly. Yeah. I wonder... I Maybe mean, there's a director's cut somewhere. <laughs> right. Do you think anybody cares about that? I don't know. Maybe they will. Hey. Don't, okay. Don't be so, so harsh. So let's talk about, can we talk about the story? Yes. So the overall idea of the story is very simple. They're all in this cooking competition trying to win a million dollars. And then there's all these little side plots. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the same formula. If you've seen Best in Show, if you've seen Mighty Wind, it has the same, it hits the same beats, right? Like, yeah. you start out, you show, you introduce all these characters from all walks of life who are all being brought together for some sort of event. Yeah. Right? Then, the event creates this pressure, and they start to crack. You know, you realize they're just putting up this facade of, oh, this is me and my wife, and we have our perfect life, and everything's wonderful. And then it's like, no, everything's not wonderful. Yeah. And the truth comes out, and crazy stuff happens. That, I mean, that's a perfectly fine, successful formula, because other mockumentaries have done that successfully. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to say that this movie doesn't necessarily do that successfully. There is good comedy. Some of it might seem a little bit dated. Some of it, well, I was curious what you thought, because some of it is kind of that cringe humor that you typically don't like. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, though. What I was going to say seems dated is, there's a big difference between, like, the way we joke about gay culture within entertainment now compared to 10 years ago. Or 20 years ago. I mean, people watching Friends on Netflix nowadays who didn't really, weren't familiar with it, might be like, wow, some of these jokes don't land very well. You know, whereas they did in the 90s, because just the culture, that was kind of how it was. This movie kind of has that, but it doesn't, it's not too bad. I don't know, I'd be interested to, you know. Hear like a queer perspective on it. Yeah, not that I know it. Anybody that would want to watch it that could give me that perspective. Um, Alright, let me rephrase that. Okay. Not that any of the gay people I know would ever want to watch a horrible movie like this for me to ask, so it's, it's academic. Horrible? You thought it was horrible? No, no, no. I never, Okay, no, it wasn't horrible, but I just... Okay, let's save that for a <laughs> sec here. Whatever. Just whatever. So there were plenty of times where you were bored enough to check your phone. Yes, but there were also some pretty funny moments. There were. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, there were times where I was laughing. I think this is a very good rough story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very good. Uh, This is a good rough outline of a story. You know what I mean? I think, and I don't know, again, maybe it was a lot of improv and it's just like, well, and it goes back to the actors and that's kind of a lot to put on actors because it's kind of half story, half acting. It's Well, one one of the things we've seen before, especially with some of these actors, is the show Reno 911. Yes. And on that show... They have the basic outline of what's right. supposed to happen in the episode, and then they just let them do whatever they want. Right. And it's hilarious. It is pretty funny. There are points on that show, though, where it does kind of miss. It does, yeah, okay. And it's unfortunately... It's like the hits are better than the misses. Here's the show. thing, though. The two main writers of Reno 911 were not in this movie. That is Where they true, were, like, the only, <laughs> the only ones who were not in this. That is, that is true. Um... Well, Weigel was missing, too. Okay, fine. They were some of the ones. So, there were a few people, and then there were a few that were not. The point is, uh, what is it? Thomas Lennon and Uh the other guy who plays Junior. Ben something. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, They were not not in this movie. (laughs) Can we talk for a second about the actual cooking competition? Okay. So, we watched a lot of cooking competition shows. Or you used to watch with me. I've gotten bored with I them. I watch a lot of them by myself. <laughs> and this was 2007 when it was made, right? Like, I think... 
I don't know when Chopped started and became pretty big, but it was a little bit after that, maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. this was around that time where these shows were starting to be formulated as like you know reality cooking competitions. Yeah. So this was very kind of timely, but like all the food they made in this movie looks disgusting. So that one, that one critic was right. Yeah. The, uh, uh, John DeFore, the Hollywood Reporter. Like this is basically. If you had, to put it in modern perspective for what is currently on, a, like, the Food Network, if you took, like, Guy's Grocery Games and then you staffed, or you stocked the the uh, the contestant spots with people who should be on Worst Cooks in America, yeah, that is what the food that they're making looks like. Like, creamed corn made with non-dairy creamer because for the lactose intolerant, of course... Well, and then that was part of, like, the mockumentary storyline, I feel like, too, because the company that was running it was, like... Super processed foods. Super processed, not actually food foods. So it's like, oh, the meatless meat crumb, or, like, meatless texture crumbles or something instead of ground beef. That might be something where, again, this movie's a little more dated. I think in the last ten years, shows like Top Chef have kind of, and, and their, like, super close relationship with Whole Foods. Yeah. And just Whole Foods spreading across America, and just people becoming more conscious about what they eat, I think has kind of shifted part, at least part of our culture, away from this garbage stuff. And, yeah. And I don't know how prevalent that is. Maybe that's an elitist view where it's like, oh, you know, you eat that. Ugh. And it's like, well, most people do. I don't know. I don't know. But... Even for people who eat, like, Hamburger Helper every night for dinner, like, why would you eat some of this garbage, you know? Yeah. This movie reminds me of, basically, if Napoleon Dynamite was, or, yeah, like, if a mockumentary was being shot in the style with, like, characters out of, like, a Napoleon Dynamite type movie. Yeah, and even, like, the opening credit sequence is very reminiscent of Napoleon Dynamite, where they're, like, writing the words on condiments, or in condiments on food yeah. items. Like, that's literally what the opening credits are. Yeah. And the the very, like, awkward, sort of out of touch, just kind of seems to be stuck in an alternate timeline people. <laughs> right were very real, but one of the things I think this movie did well in terms of, like, the documentary feel of it is I can think of, like, three documentaries that I've seen recently that feel exactly like this, so they definitely got the formatting of it very right. Right. Um, which, you know, since it is trying to be a mockumentary, it did its job well there. I think that's one thing I read in one of the interviews with the other writer who is the one of the main characters uh-huh um, Catherine Michon yes right? um so she also co-directed it right uh-huh. so they co-directed made, co-write it. they wanted it this was I mean co-writed reality co-wrote, co-wrote. <laughs> they really wanted that kind of reality tv feel yeah and so they had cameras going at the same time all over and basically we're telling the extras okay you have to actually look like you're cooking, like it needs to look like a real, you know, this thing's going on, like a reality show would have. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're like, okay, pick some stuff, 
from the basket of, you know, food products that you think you could make it look like you're making into a meal. Well, it's funny because at one point, like, one of the contestants just kind of freaks out <laughs> and gives up on their dish. And uh, it winds up just being literally the ingredients piled into the bowl and then serves that as, like, like literally a can of condensed soup and raw yeah. eggs just shoved in a bowl. That actually made me think of a sketch... We saw where they were making fun of Great British Bake Off. Oh, that was like, really funny on oh, SNL. This is, uh, I don't know. I think it's it an on. SNL sketch. It was like, I've done a deconstructed, you know, lemon whatever cake, and it was literally like eggs and yeah. flour <laughs> and like on a plate, all nice. And, there's, oh, and then the, you know, yeah. the judges are like, oh, the eggs are quite crunchy and so nice. They literally just bite the raw egg. So. Yeah, it's. We watch enough cooking shows to know that anytime a chef is like, oh, it's a deconstructed whatever, it means their dish somehow went wrong and they had yeah. to still make it have the elements of what they were trying to make. Um, is there anything else you think this movie does does well? Other than what I've already mentioned, I mean, it is funny in parts. It's probably better than you'd think based on the score. Yeah, and you honestly, know. I mean, I'm really curious how much of the the flaws in it are because of what they edited in. Like, I, I read that interview with, with Wendy McClendon Covey saying that what they cut in doesn't make sense and that they just wanted to have more screen time for Melissa McCarthy now that she was such a big star. But it took away from the overall movie itself because she did win an award for it. So obviously the people at the Austin Film Festival or whatever it was saw something special about it yeah and you can definitely see elements of it being special like I felt like there were you know more emotional parts and I got a little misty-eyed at the end but it did kind of feel not quite as cohesive as maybe they intended it to be I think some of the characterizations they created as you know that they knew would lead to humor was pretty good so in that sense I think that reflects probably on the writing because again if even if it's improv to some degree, as far as the dialogue, mm -hmm. they still had to kind of create these characters. So you have these sisters from Minnesota, and they have this very kind of Minnesota accent. But not just that, they're also like, one's kind of a loser, <laughs> and definitely probably taken advantage of a lot in her life yeah. by not just her sister, but other people, and no self-esteem, and played by Wendy. Yeah. Who, and then one with like the domineering, like stage mother type character. Yes. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of I feel like archetypes you typically see in reality. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. So that was good. It was definitely a reflection of what this would look like. I mean, honestly, it felt a little too close to reality. <laughs> <laughs> like, with the exception of the the quality of the dishes, I mean, now that there's nailed it, <laughs> it's not that different from the stuff you'd see on there or, like, oh Worst Cooks in America. But, but yeah, just kind of the, the people that you see, it has the exact same feel. Like, if you've seen the documentary Chicken People, which I was, like, obsessed with watching. Or, okay, what is that? Okay. First of all, there's a whole circuit of livestock shows, poultry shows, where okay. people show their chickens. Oh, so just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, have a, I work with a woman who used to do show rabbits. So yeah, and then there's a, a new short-lived series on Netflix called, like, Cat Catwalk, which is about the cat show circuit. Okay. And there's so many people who are just like... 
the, that just the real like, people on those documentaries versus this movie. That sounds like it'd be the exact same type of people as the moms from, like, the pageant show. The you know, train they, wreck that is like, Toddlers and Tierras. Yeah, and all those, and Honey Boo Boo and whatever, but, like... They Honey Boo Boo is from Toddlers and Tierras. Whatever. Then well, she, she got her, her own show. Okay, show. I do not care <laughs> at all about her. My Confession point is, time, I might have been oh yeah, all of Tardos on Tierra's on, like, an illegal, like, YouTube channel that stole it. Because it was such a train wreck, I just couldn't look my away. My point is, it'd be the same type of people, but either they don't have kids or their kids are grown, and so they now need to put yeah. all their energy into forcing their chickens to be the... That's exactly what it is. Be the show princess chicken. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 100%. People, I have so much less faith in humanity as I get older. <laughs> hey, look at it this way, okay? These people have a passion. They have something that they, you know, gives them... They, they get up and go in the morning. Maybe okay. it's the only positive thing they have in their lives. Okay. I guess. They dig it. Okay. What are a couple things this movie, in the same way, did wrong? Or did poorly? I think... As much as it did create some good characters, it definitely did not flesh out some of the characters. The woman who was pregnant, yeah, that and was had like six kids, and they, you know, they introduced her at the beginning, and you're like, oh, she's gonna be a more major character. She's gonna be one of the five people we follow. Yeah, we. She was almost like a plot device to just have the joke of, oh, what if she went into labor during the finals? I wonder what if they cut out her stuff. That could be. And put in Melissa McCarthy's maybe. stuff. Maybe. Because she, she did feel like she was supposed to be more of a character. Right. Because really, other than her, it pretty much came down to you had... The two sisters. Two sisters. Niecy Nash. And the man. Her, the Yes, the man who is a cheater and who's really... Spoilers! In, Spoilers! Well, now, you learned that pretty early on. It's pretty obvious. He's yeah. there as... He's the... He's the beard yes, the for beard. the woman who really, really got mad that she kept losing and wants to just and win And is no one. longer allowed to compete yeah. because she has reached the limit of how many times you're allowed to compete in the competition. Compete and lose, I think. Okay, well. They made it seem like, I don't know. There was a, there was a limit set for how yeah. many times you're allowed to enter, and she hit that. And so she marries this man, even though it turns out he's gay. She's, he's her fiancé. They say. Okay. Well, he's gay, and he's only there to essentially memorize her recipe and just be able to make it. Because his dream in life is to just hold a giant check. Yeah, it could be for $10. He just wants to hold a He just wants check. to hold a big check. Isn't it kind of ridiculous that in a competition like this, they would literally just make the exact same dish? It's li So, typically, on what we think of as competition cooking shows... There's multiple rounds, or there's many episodes, which is each essentially its own round, or even two rounds per episode. Mm -hmm. And they have to show off their chops cooking all these different things. In this, they literally just cook their main dish, and then they pick who were the best seven, and then they cook it again, and then they decide who gets a million dollars. If you're winning a million dollars to only have to be in two rounds, that's like the best competition ever as far as, you know, and commitment. Only and only one thing. Yeah! Like, no skill... Uh, I don't know. Again, the food looks so gross. Like, ugh. ugh. Yeah, if you're one of those, the like, the Visual. people who enjoys looking at pictures of food, you're really not going to like <laughs> this movie. It's like, it's like those, there was like this social media 
movement for a while for kids to like post pictures of their school lunches. That's what it looks like. Uh, just yeah. like absolute garbage just piled on when, a plate. Obviously that's supposed to be the joke too. Yeah. The, most, the joke is supposed to be the food is super processed and is only 98% guaranteed yeah, native it's edible food. 90% edible. <laughs> they're supposed, you know, they're, they're making dishes that are, you know, faux healthy, but you know, they're really not where they're like, Oh, I, you know, I, I took out the, the dairy, which, you know, a lot of people have problems with and replaced it with this processed junk, but it's no dairy. So it's healthy. You know, it's corn. Yeah. Corn with non-dairy creamer. So it's a, it's creamed corn, but it's like healthier. And, and corn's a vegetable, even though it's really not. Yeah. And then the guy <sighs> comes in singing a song about, like, low carb. Yeah, li- living La Vida low carb. Yes, living La Vida low carb. Did you notice that I think they intentionally had cutaway dialogue drama going on while he was singing? So you basically had no idea yeah, what was... the song was? I thought yeah. that was intentional and kind of funny. But was, yeah, there was something weird going on between like, the two reporters that were there to yeah. like, report on the, the competition, and then there's like a little investigative journalist bit to uncover the cheating scandal. It's all very... I mean, I feel like in a movie that's trying to do so much and show so many different characters, I feel like it might have been better had they just focused on maybe like four well, but the ironic thing is they did only focus on, like, three or four, and then it felt like some of the characters, again, that should have been more main characters were kind of ignored, which maybe that's due to the editing. This is just a really weirdly put-together film. Release the director's cut, Lionsgate. So, I want to see it. As far as, we often ask, you know, is there some portion of a good movie, or could you see how this could have been a good movie if they had made a few better choices? Yeah. I think so. And definitely with the editing, it would be interesting to get like a like a Highlander 2 renegade version <laughs> of this, you know, where they try to piece together the original vision. Um, I mean, and obviously the, I mean, the interesting part is the director was one of the writers. So she, I feel like, had a lot more sort of creative control until the studio came yeah, along. Obviously so I'm is... willing to bet she has the original cut somewhere. Well, who knows? Like, I want to see it. The whole thing got bogged down for 10 years due to legal issues, most likely, whatever those were. And so it's possible that who knows where, you know, what happened to any original stuff. Yeah. Is this a one-star movie? No, I don't think it is. I think it's far better than some of the one-star movies we've watched. You can't okay. deny it's better than Patient Zero. No, it's... Oh, I can't deny that it's better <laughs> one, than one of the worst... <laughs> bottom two movies we've watched you're right i can't deny that is it better than cars 2 no okay is it better than winchester maybe you said it was better than movie 43 oh it's definitely better that's what that's the other bottom <laughs> the that, other the bottom of the barrel seen so you're right it's probably better than winchester which we watched last time mm-hmm um, and we kind of liked, like we liked aspects okay. of it. So I would put this, yeah, I'd say this is like a rough two star minus. Like it's <laughs> barely, maybe makes the cutoff of a two star movie. One, one and three quarters. It could be more of a two and a half to three star movie if the edit, if the preview, you know, intended edit was fixed a lot of the weaknesses that we talked about. 
it's definitely, it has funny moments. It does, for sure. If you like Napoleon Dynamite and you like mockumentaries, this might be the kind of movie you would enjoy, but otherwise I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I wouldn't say go out of your way to avoid it. And I'm curious about this movie too, because the first time I saw Napoleon Dynamite, I did not like it at all. Okay. And then the more I watched it, the more I loved it. So I'm curious if, like, maybe if you watch this one more, it becomes even better. Because I liked it enough, but I'm curious if it grows on you like Napoleon Mm. Dynamite did. Mm -hmm. Do you think, do you see yourself watching this movie again? Honestly, yeah. Like, when I'm, so a lot of the time, you know, if I'm working on something, I want background noise. Which is why I've watched The Office a hundred times, why I watch Psych on repeat a lot. Yeah. Or fall asleep to the Great British Breaking Show, just because I love their soothing English accents. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, I could totally see this being like, I don't want something I have to pay attention to, but I want something that I can kind of just listen to and laugh out of it. Fair enough. So you're not going to say avoid it. No. You're not going to say actively seek it out. Well, you know, and... I think give it a chance. That's what I say. It's definitely more tame than some... It's not offensively bad. And That's it's not. It it's not like super raunchy. No. It doesn't have the kind of humor that normally puts critics off, I feel like. Honestly, like it has a couple F-bombs and that's really it. And I almost wonder why they decided to do that. You know what I mean? Why? Probably just because those were the best takes. It could be, but even then like just that's, cut it's not that even rated out. r like i'm pretty sure it's yeah, it is. is it yeah oh okay just kidding and that's what i'm saying like why have it be rated r shouldn't you be trying to get as many people to watch it as possible to try to recoup yeah. anything you can from it so our advice to lionsgate is re-edit it. Sh- unedit what you did and show us the intended yeah, version that's the thing. nobody is gonna watch this movie because they love melissa mccarthy you know what i mean yeah i mean yeah she's a recognizable name but Considering how many movies of hers are on our list to yeah. do for future episodes, she doesn't necessarily need to be on there. She's basically slowly becoming like the comedic female Nicolas Cage, where where you're like, oh. I don't know if she's good or oh, bad, <laughs> but like she has some high highs and some movies that it's funny because I just saw on Reddit, not a thread about Nicolas Cage, but somebody mentioned him. And you had so many people like, oh, he's so horrible. I hate him. Like, every movie's bad. And then so many people were like, well, have you seen Adaptation? Have you seen such and such? You know, have you seen Leaving Las Vegas? Like, Adaptation single-handedly convinced me that I was wrong that I thought he was horrible. Which I, I agree. I mean, he's pretty inter- amazing in that movie. But And then you've got things like Knowing. Yeah, And exactly, Next. Where you're like, this is garbage. And so, Season of the Witch. I really wonder... Nicolas Cage also has a lot of movies on our potential episodes. So I kind of feel like she is that, where you're not... I don't know who the fans are that are like, oh, a Nicolas Cage movie? Yup, sign me up. Anything he's in, I'm going to it. No, there's just people that are like, well, interesting, huh? They probably look past him and say, does this look like an interesting movie that just happens to have Nicolas Cage? Whereas, like... Tom Cruise, you kind of know what you're getting. True. And if you like Tom Cruise movies, like, if you like Jack Reacher, if you like Mission Impossible, then, you know... If you like Night and Day. You you know what you get. Well, if you like Mission Impossible, then you're probably getting a chance to Night and Day, even though it's kind of a mediocre film. Right? That's my point. I really like I Night and Day. I know you day. do. 
it's it's okay. Anyway, so the point is, Melissa McCarthy, I don't think, is the draw they think she is, at least not in the way that they th- were thinking. And mm-hmm. so why why play her up, you know, with extra footage that doesn't do anything for the film? And according to the writers of the movie, detracts from yes. the actual movie. Exactly. So. so give it a shot. It's It's definitely... Or don't. You don't have to give it a shot. <laughs> we're not you know, ordering you to go see it. We're not saying, oh my gosh, it was amazing. No, we're not saying give it another chance. The, really what we're saying is this movie, the only way this movie deserves another chance is if they were to actually try to restore it to what it originally was supposed to be. Yes. And it would be interesting to see that. But in its current form, it's not amazing, but it's not amazingly terrible either. So, I don't know. Again, if it's if it looks like your cup of tea... You know, maybe you'll like it. But at the same time, there's probably a reason that half of the Google users who watched this movie didn't like it. So, it's pretty rough. Indeed. Okay. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of One Star Bazaar. As always, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook to let us know what you think and make suggestions for what you'd like us to review next. Next week will be the first edition of Molly's Minisodes. Jonathan is out of town, and as you know from my weekend tweets, when the cat's away, the mice will watch bad movies, and the podcast has no standards. So I'll be doing short minisodes reviewing the movies that Jonathan refuses to watch over the next couple weeks. So please join us for the minisodes, and rate and review if you're willing. It helps us out and lets us know you're listening. We love to hear from our listeners, and we certainly appreciate your feedback.